the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. It is indeed the authority. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on a Thursday. It's the nineteenth morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, twenty twenty-one. Once again, we are packed today, and once again, we have experts on this extraordinary situation that continues to unfold in Afghanistan. Americans are being left to die on direct command by the United States of America presidential leadership, by the administration of Joseph R. Biden, including by the top chief at the Pentagon, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. They are being left to die, abandoned in Kabul, period, point blank, direct command. And we're going to talk about it. Coming up on the program this morning, we will speak with uh, Jonas Schultz, first of all, he's a candidate for Congress at 935. He's got thoughts and reflections on what's going on in Afghanistan. He is uh, running for Ohio 16, which is Anthony Gonzalez's seat, the shameful Anthony Gonzalez who uh, voted to uh, who votes with Nancy Pelosi, I believe, 40% of the time and voted to impeach President Trump without due process. Yeah, Jonas Schultz will be on with us. We're going to talk to him at 1010, Dr. Everett Piper, who normally talks to us about things of a little bit of a higher order as we talk about faith and uh our culture and our society, but Dr. Piper wrote a piece on what is going on uh, in this country with respect to the honesty of the government and, yes, also about Afghanistan. We're going to talk to him about that. Then at 1035 is the home run here, Major General Jeffrey Schlosser. He is a retired Army Major General, commanded the 101st Airborne for 33 months. Fifteen of those months were in combat in Afghanistan. If anybody knows the terrain there, politically and literally, it would be Major General Jeffrey Schlosser. So we will talk to him 
at 1035 this morning. Jonah Schultz, Dr. Piper, and Jeffrey Schlosser. General Jeffrey Schlosser will be our guest. We're going to start with the embarrassment of this country, and he is. He is an embarrassment to this country, and I'm speaking, of course, of Joseph R. Biden. His interview with George Stephanopoulos yesterday uh, underscored the absolute need for full, uh, 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 for impeachment, rather, and uh, uh, to remove this man from power. He has absolutely no business commanding a military, much less a nation. Uh, he proved it with his responses to George Stephanopoulos in a somewhat moderately confrontational interview, one of the very few that he's ever had to do, which is probably why he's so bad at it. The media has been used to kissing his rear end, and he's been used to having them uh, do so while rubbing his uh, hairy legs that uh, stand up when they get wet. Uh, you understand the story with Joe Biden. He's not used to tough questions. He got some yesterday, and his complete incompetence as commander-in-chief was exposed. All right, before we get all of, all of that, let's uh, pause for our pledge. Please, patriots, stand. If you are near a flag, face it. If you are not, please at least put your hand on your heart. Liberals, Biden voters, go ahead and stay on your knees. We know how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. To call this explanation of the abandonment of American citizens on foreign soil shameful is an understatement. Uh, but that's exactly what it is, and we're going to have to uh, play this for you. Now, before I do... Uh, before I play the the very short minute and a half from Joe Biden's interview with George Stephanopoulos that is just so incredibly full of explanations as to why this man has no business being a commander-in-chief, let me go to his hand-picked leader of the Department of Defense, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin yesterday. Lloyd Austin yesterday told the American public that the U.S. will continue to evacuate all the Americans they can from Afghanistan. But we're not going to go out there and collect large numbers of people from outside of the airport. At his press conference yesterday at the Pentagon, the defense secretary, handpicked by Joe Biden, said, we're going to get everyone that we can possibly evacuate evacuated, and I'll do that as long as we possibly can until the clock runs out or we run out of capability. I don't have the capability to go out and extend operations currently into Kabul. There are thousands of Americans still in Afghanistan. Understand this. According to U.S. officials, up to 15,000 Americans are still in Afghanistan. And they can't get to the airport. They can't get to the airport to be evacuated. And Lloyd Austin said, we will not send troops into Kabul to find them and escort them to the airport. Senator Ben Sass, a man of whom I am not particularly fond in some political cases, outlined it. There is no clock, he said, by which we abandon our fellow citizens to the bloodthirsty Taliban. August 31st was an arbitrary, politically driven deadline. President Biden and Defense Secretary Austin need to correct this immediately. 
Make it absolutely clear that come hell or high water, the U.S. military will do whatever it takes to get every single American out of Afghanistan. Americans attempting to reach the Kabul airport have to cross through Taliban-operated checkpoints. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs Mark Milley said at that same press conference yesterday that we're asking the Taliban to facilitate the safe passage of airport uh, to the airport uh, for American citizens. Again, the weakness projected to the rest of the world by the most incompetent presidential administration and military leadership that we have had in the history of this republic. There is no second place. Even Jimmy Carter was better than this. Jimmy Carter completely botched the Iranian hostage uh, affair. He completely botched a rescue attempt. Attempt. He screwed it up militarily. He screwed it up diplomatically. Allowed Americans to be held hostage for 444 days. And it looks like a, a gold standard of how to protect Americans on foreign soil compared to what we're seeing right now. The Secretary of Defense said, if you're not already at the airport, good luck. We can't come get you. We'll keep trying to get people evacuated from the airport until the clock runs out. There's a clock? There's a clock on American lives in Afghanistan? 15,000 people? Are you kidding? That's the Pentagon chief, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who along with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley, is more concerned about diversity, inclusion, and equity in the United States military than they are about using the military to fight our battles, and in this case, rescue our citizens, who are in grave danger now because of the impotence and the incompetence. Two separate words there. Impotence and incompetence of the commander-in-chief. Are you ready for the pictures on international television of Americans being held and tortured by the Taliban? Because they're coming, especially when the defense secretary announces to the world, we're not going in to rescue them, not in Kabul. you got to make it to the airport. If you make it to the airport, good look good on you. We'll, we'll give you a ride home. But if you don't make it to the airport, you're on your own. What do you think is going to happen? when the Taliban starts capturing and then parading American citizens in front of cameras all around the world. But again, they're more uh, interested in D-I-E. And I know that the social justice warriors all like to call it D-E-I, diversity, equity, and inclusion. But I think D-I-E, diversity, inclusion, and equity, is a little bit more accurate because of their devotion to D.I.E., yes, Americans will D.I.E. They will die on foreign soil because our military is completely impotent because that's what its commander-in-chief is. 
Let's get to Biden now. Yesterday he sat down with George Stephanopoulos. You don't need to hear the whole interview to know how incredibly incompetent, disgustingly uh, uncaring, and quite frankly, dishonest that the President of the United States is about American citizens. He is trying to cover his A, and there is not a there's not a chance in the world that he can because the facts are presenting themselves every day on television. Including, by the way, facts presented by the intelligence services in our CIA and in our NSA that completely contradict what this dementia-addled pre-Alzheimer's patient that was installed as a puppet president is. I mean, you, you just have to listen. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back it, put it another way. When you had this man cannot think clearly he cannot string sentences together uh he starts to answer the question already angry because george stephanopoulos said look it's a failure of something which kind of failure is this and he started to answer it is by saying it's not a failure and then, well, let me put it another way because he cannot finish that sentence his brain is so cognitively declined he has absolutely no business making important decisions much less life and death decisions in the position of commander-in-chief. But listen again to the question. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment. It was a failure of one of those, sir. Which one of those, uh, which one of those failures was it? Joe Biden refuses to acknowledge it was a failure at all. Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban... Uh, let me back it, put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government, getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country, when you saw the significant collapse of the, of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off, that was, you know, I'm not, this is, is that, that's what happened. That's simply what happened. But we've all seen the pictures. I, did just, I, I, I have to <clears throat> interrupt this <clears throat> just to point out the most obvious of things. Yes, that is what happened. And the reason that it happened is because of your decision to pull the troops out before getting the embassy evacuated and before removing the military equipment. He's making it sound like just on a whim... The president, who, by the way, the president of the propped-up Afghanistan government is a crook and a thief, but he, that he just bailed and that the 300,000-member uh, uh, Afghan security force just threw down their weapons and ran preemptively, as if they did that before what Biden, uh, Biden's decision and before the Americans were, uh, were pulling out, and much obviously much sooner than the Americans could be evacuated, as well as the Afghans who were allies of the Americans could be evacuated. He literally is just saying it's all Afghanistan's fault. None of this is his fault, which is why Stephanopoulos, to his credit, 
Again, shockingly, the liberal media is remembering what journalism is. Stephanopoulos pushed him on that. The pictures, we've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? Before we get that answer, did you hear the response from Biden? What did you think? You've seen the pictures, sir. Of thousands of people trying to cram into an airstrip to get onto and to cling to an airplane to be flown the hell out of Afghanistan because the Taliban was going to come and destroy them all. How did you feel about that as they fell to their deaths? Did you hear what Biden's response was? It was four or five days ago. It was four or five days ago. Does that make it any less atrocious? Does that make it? Does that mean it's over? Is four or five days ago, forty or fifty years ago, is it ancient history? First of all, and second of all, it wasn't. It was two days ago. It was two days ago, and it still matters, but not to this pre-Alzheimer's patient who doesn't know where he is. First saw those pictures. What I thought was we we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. You got you got to see the video. If you didn't see the video yesterday on television, this man's face literally is the picture of fear. I'm not joking. I'm staring at it right now because I've paused the video and the audio for you. And I'm looking at it, and I know you can't see it. You'll have to, again, if you saw it yourself on live TV yesterday, you know. This man has fear written all across his face. He is terrified of the moment before him. And he's terrified of having to answer these questions about it. It it, it literally is. If a picture is worth a thousand words, this picture is worth just one. Fear. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled. I'm having a hard time just letting this play. You're telling me, George Stephanopoulos said, that this was handled just right? There, there, there were no mistakes? Joe Biden said, nope, no mistakes. Mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. Those words should be the first words that are played during his impeachment trial. I don't know how that happens. Any casual military observer, any casual military observer knows exactly how that happens knows exactly how to get the the troops out of there without the chaos and the deaths that we are seeing right now. But President, Commander-in-Chief Joseph R. Biden doesn't. And this man was once considered by his party to be the preeminent voice on foreign policy in America. Foreign policy. Sat on the Foreign Affairs Committee in the Senate for years. He has no earthly idea what any casual military observer knows. That you do not evacuate the troops first, and then when the enemy overtakes the territory, say, oh, we got to find a way to get the embassy evacuated as well. 
And oh, by the way, we got to make sure that they don't take all of the billions of dollars of helicopters and tanks and missiles and guns and other advanced weaponry that we have on the ground there. Any casual observer knows. You evacuate the non-military personnel first. Out of the embassy, all of the civilian contractors, diplomats, supporters, yes, and the uh, Afghan allies that are going to be in danger. Not all of the uh, Afghans who want to come, but those who are specifically, strategically supportive of the American cause. Then you go back and you get all of the equipment out. Again, with a full force still there to defend. Then you let the troops leave. Then whatever happens is up to the Afghan military and the Afghan defense forces. Joe Biden doesn't know that? My 18-year-old non-military son understands that. This man cannot be our president of the United States. He cannot be our commander-in-chief. I'll be right back. Okay, let me go to uh, Avon Lake. Steve, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Steve, go ahead. Hi, Bob. Hey, hey thank you uh, for taking my call. I uh, just had a comment about, um, you know, the Afghanistan situation. Uh, we saw pictures, did we not, of some of the leadership of that group in the presidential offices? Yes. Isn't that correct? Yes, correct. Why are we not targeting something like that among other targets? Uh, if if we've abandoned the place and don't intend to go back, let's let's get some of that leadership and and uh, start from there, and then take because that this modern back. American because this modern American military, as it's comprised under this leadership, doesn't fight wars to win wars. They don't fight wars to actually kill the enemy. They fight wars to deter the enemy and to st- slow the enemy down. And and then they beg them, please don't kill our American citizens when we try to have them evacuated. They don't want to. They would consider that an assassination rather than justice to kill the Taliban leaders leadership all in that in that location in Kabul at the presidential uh-huh. palace. They they would consider that an assassination, which would be a violation of international law, rather than an actual military strike to protect and save lives. This yeah, military, yeah, under the- this leadership, and I'm sorry to say, and thank you, Steve, for the call. i got to get out of here. But this leadership does not, is not interested in winning wars or killing the enemy. This, this military is interested in diversity, inclusion, and equity. Die. And they're interested in uh, appeasing people rather than actually fighting to defend American lives. They have literally left Americans out to dry. 15,000 Americans still in Afghanistan. And they have been told directly by the Commander-in-Chief and the Defense Secretary that it's your responsibility to get to the Kabul airport. If you can't get to the Karzai airport, well, you're on your own. I want you to think about that. Being abandoned on direct command, left to the bloodthirsty savages of the Taliban. Direct command by Joe Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. More after the news.
social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, yes, indeed, it is 936. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation of the direct abandonment of American citizens in a foreign land by the President of the United States and by the head of the Pentagon, his hand-picked defense secretary, who said yesterday, we're not going into Kabul to get people. We'll take people who are at the airport, we'll give them a ride home, but we're not going into Kabul to get people. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep taking them from the airport until the clock runs out, uh, or until we can't anymore, but that's it. But we're not going to rescue Americans in Kabul. This is, um, th- this is impeachable. I'm sorry. This is, this is a direct, uh, a direct, uh, refusal to do, to, to live up to the oath of office. Uh, let's put it that way that the president takes, and that is to protect American citizens. Joining us now for reaction to this and a little bit more is uh, Jonah Schultz. Jonah is a conservative candidate for Congress. He is running in the race to remove uh, Anthony Gonzalez from Ohio's 16th Congressional District, along with Max Miller, some others perhaps as well, but the two biggest names are indeed uh, Jonah Schultz and Max Miller. Jonah, good to have you back on our program here. How are you? I'm great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Am I am I mistaken? And I could be because you know I I read and and watch and I and I research as much as I possibly can American elected officials' uh, statements and reactions to what's going on in Afghanistan. But ha- have you heard anything from Anthony Gonzalez on this? Well, really, not much, and and that's that's nothing new from Anthony Gonzalez. With most of the important issues. We see with Anthony Gonzalez, he tends to just sit on his hands and let the establishment leadership in the GOP or the the dominant liberal establishment uh, kind of take the lead. Um, But we need leaders who are going to call out this for what it is, which is a disgrace. Our leadership is a disgrace. Joe Biden is a disgrace. 20 years of sacrifice we lost in days. They had no plan. Uh, And instead show the world that the, the U.S. will operate from a point of weakness. You know, two days ago, a couple days ago, we flew out a thousand individuals from Afghanistan. Only three hundred of them were U.S. citizens. While we have ten to fifteen thousand U.S. citizens that are stranded in Afghanistan, awaiting torture and death. This is this is America. Last doesn't know justice to say what's been going on with the Biden administration. It is it is abhorrent to witness the absolute dereliction of duty coming from the from the Biden administration. Uh, and we need leaders who are going to call it for what it is. Yeah, we do. We need all of that. And uh, and I'm waiting for somebody like Anthony Gonzalez to step up and lead. I'm bringing him up only, of course, because you are running in against him to primary him. And, and I'm looking for leadership here. You're right when you say that he has not been willing to lead on virtually anything, except well, and even that was following because he followed Nancy Pelosi's lead uh, in trying to uh, uh, join the Democrats in impeaching Donald Trump. But let's talk more about what's, what's directly going on there. Uh, Jonah Schultz, you know, the Congress, I think, needs to speak as a whole about this as well, uh, both the House and the Senate, because what we heard and saw yesterday, what we heard and saw from Joe Biden back on Monday uh, was bad enough when he came back from Camp, da- Camp David to give that ridiculous, the buck stops with me, but I'm blaming everybody else speech. Yesterday, he sat down with George Stephanopoulos 
and essentially lied about every single aspect of this Afghanistan withdrawal. He lied about uh, uh, what the intelligence agencies had told him about the collapse and the, the rapid collapse. Uh, he lied and said there was no possible way to avoid this chaos. This three days after saying, by the way, that we prepared for every contingency. Um, this is just a, a, a crisis of competence and an absence of leadership. And uh, and I think it's something that anybody who's in Congress, and in your case, somebody who's running for Congress, needs to address. Absolutely. And, and to me, yesterday, the most telling thing that Joe Biden said when, when he was asked about the Afghanis that were literally falling from airplanes trying to escape the mess that Joe Biden created, he said that was four or five days ago. That was his that was his response when it was really just a couple of days ago. And it was the equivalent to to Hillary Clinton saying it's about Benghazi. At this point, what difference does it make? And that's really the attitude that these people, these 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 leftists have, which is why does it matter? We don't care. Uh, your opinion means nothing. Um, and really, the optics to the world mean nothing to them, because under the Trump administration, we operated from a point of strength and we completely pivoted to to cowering to our enemies, to uh, to really you know bowing to the rest of the world, and, and showing that again, America is now going to treat our own interests second. Um, and and Joe Biden has uh, listen. We know Joe Biden's not in charge, right? He's not all there. <laughs> we we understand that he doesn't have the mental capacity to be able to run a nation, let alone our own foreign policy. But the entire liberal establishment is to blame here, right? We had we had no plan. We had no plan of action to be able to safely escort our people, our allies out of Afghanistan. And Joe Biden and, and the leftist establishment need to own that because what have they done? You said you nailed it when he said, hey, the buck stops here, but this was all Donald Trump's fault. And we see this time and time again where we see inflation rising. We see wages stagnating. And whose fault is it? It's Donald Trump. Well, last time I checked, uh, whatever happened with the election, rigged or stolen, Joe Biden is now the one in the White House. So the buck does truly stop with him, and we need to hold him accountable. Uh, and that, that needs to start in, in the Congress and the Senate. And uh, I do agree that if we don't have competent leadership, if we can't have faith that the President of the United States is going to keep our own citizens safe, then we need to examine uh, removing the individual who is a, a, a danger to our people. Yeah, I, I completely concur. We're talking to Jonas Schultz. He is a candidate trying to primary Anthony Gonzalez in Ohio's 16th congressional district. Everybody has an opinion on, forget about the, the chaos and the disaster that has been the withdrawal, but everybody has an opinion as to whether or not there should be a full-on withdrawal. Do you think uh, all American troops should be gone from Afghanistan? Well, I think being there for 20 years, we did need to remove ourselves from the situation. Um, now, there is there is some truth to, you know, when we're in these places in the Middle East, they do have to want to govern themselves, right? We can't be there indefinitely. We don't have the resources uh, at this period of time because you look at our own country, right? Our economy is crumbling. Our culture, our society is fraying. Uh, we can't take care of our own people or our own individual liberties here at home. So we do have to examine how far we are stretching ourselves uh, in these interventions. I think the big issue that most Americans have is not removing ourselves from Afghanistan, but it was running with our tail between our legs and abandoning our people and our allies. So I think for most people, including Donald Trump, who, who got this process started and, and, you know, Joe Biden screwed up the timetable uh, and the entire execution of, of the, the withdrawal, uh, most people want to see our troops coming home uh, and, and ensure that our only interventions are, are necessary to keep us safe. 
Jonah Schultz is our guest. He is a candidate for Congress, Ohio 16th. Let's pivot away from what's going on in Afghanistan for a moment. I want to ask you about the biggest domestic issue right now, which, of course, is the ongoing uh, spread of the Delta variant, as they are calling it, and the new mandates that are being ordered. Uh, and Joe Biden is becoming more and more brazen about this, ordering not only all military and DOD personnel uh, to be... Um, uh, to be vaccinated and or show negative tests. Uh, this is going on in private companies as well, hospitals, uh, nursing homes, and so on, requiring personnel to get vaccinated or lose their jobs. And in fact, thousands of them have already lost their jobs because they refuse to take these vaccines and they refuse uh, the mandate. Um, what is your thought, Jonah Schultz, on medical freedom? Should parents have the right to decide whether or not their kids are masked in school? And should people have the right to decide whether or not they want to uh, live freely, breathe freely, and yes, uh, take a vaccine or not based on their own medical opinion or their own medical consultation with their own doctors? Yes, absolutely. We need to make medical freedom a priority right now. We need to ban vaccine passports and mask mandates nationwide, both public and private. I don't care if our individual liberties are being taken by a massive corporation or by the government. These are our choices. These are our medical decisions that need to be left up to the individual or to the parents. What you're seeing in schools is, is children forced to wear masks for eight hours a day. Um, when we know it is proven that masks damage children's physical, mental, and emotional health. They did a study over in the UK that five times more children committed suicide than died of COVID. So you want you need to ask yourself, what is more dangerous to our society? What's more dangerous to our children? Is it this COVID, this Delta variant, or is it locking them in their room? Is it making them do remote learning? Is it cutting them off from the world, cutting them off from human faces and, and forcing them to breathe in this, this recycled air and touching and fiddling with their mask all day, which we know is extremely unhealthy. And what this really is, it is a modern-day segregation because what you're essentially saying, Mike DeWine has said it himself, that there are two Ohios, vaccinated and unvaccinated. And so what you have done on top of the medical freedom issue is you've created this animosity within the society of these two groups of people who are ultimately supposed to be making their own choices of what they feel is best for themselves and for their children. This entire country, the entire foundation of the United States of America is supposed to be the freedom from permission from the government, for, for the freedom to be able to make your own choices. And if you don't have the right to choose what is injected into your body, you have no rights at all. And that's why in Ohio, we need to pass House Bill 248. We need to ban vaccine passports. In Ohio, and I'm proud to be the only person in this race that is supporting, actively supporting House Bill 248. And by the way, if you haven't gotten in your testimony, make sure you get that in uh, today because tomorrow is the deadline. We need to get that passed in Ohio, and then we need to ban vaccine passports nationwide. Completely agree, and not enough people are talking about House Bill 248 and how important it is. More importantly, not enough people in the Ohio General Assembly, I believe, are supportive of it, and that's why the testimony is is absolutely needed as it pertains to uh, you know the, the you know the mandates. Um, how telling is it, Jonah Schultz, that so many healthcare workers? And the numbers are staggering. The number of them nationwide who are choosing to lose their jobs and their livelihoods, either by being fired or preemptively, preemptively quitting when these mandates are, are uh, enacted, 
rather than take this jab because they just do not trust it. They just do not believe uh, that enough information is there. Do you know it took 40 to 50 years to get the polio vaccine approved? 40 or 50 years. They got this one approved, and it's not even approved yet, really, but they got it ready to go and, uh, and, and started passing it out in the marketplace and are trying to force it upon people in less than a year. So, you know, there, there are some legitimate questions. And what does it say to you that the healthcare uh, community is not unanimous on this, that many in the healthcare profession uh, don't trust it and would rather lose their jobs and go do something else for a living than be forced to take that jab? Well, it's pretty disgusting because we spent uh, a year and a half calling these individuals heroes for you know going out there and being on the front lines of COVID, and then we fire them the first time that they have an independent thought. Um, right. And we're also told at the same time that we have this shortage, that we have this spike, but we're out there firing perfectly capable healthcare workers that are again have decided to make their own choice. Um, and what most people are evaluating is, hey, listen, we have this vaccine that was. It is experimental in nature that we have no idea what the long-term side effects can be. A lot of people, including myself, are, are gauging the situation saying, hey, I'm, I'm healthy. I don't have any underlying conditions. The, the, uh, the, the chances that I get any kind of serious side effects from this are, are extremely slim. So individuals are saying, you know, I'm going to roll the dice, take care of myself in the way that, 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 that I know I can. Uh, and they're turning out just fine. And we're seeing vaccinated people uh, infected all over the country. So yeah. this, again isn't a matter of science. It isn't a matter of logic. Everything the left does is a power grab. So when you, when you ultimately realize that everything the Democrats do comes from an intention of how do they expand their own authority, that is what this is. And that's why they push vaccine passports. That's why they open the southern border. That's why they want millions of refugees coming into this country, because everything they do is about consolidating and expanding their own power. Jonas Schultz laying it out for us. Really good information. Thanks for the reaction on Afghanistan and uh, the ongoing uh, push for mandates and the uh, the uh, eradication of medical freedom from Ohioans and from Americans. It's a, it's a shocking thing. Jonah, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, best of luck in the campaign as well. Thank you, Bob. And for those interested, go to SchultzForCongress.com. God bless. You got it. Thank you, Jonah. All right, 9.50, we'll take a time out here. I've got time for a few phone calls before the top of the hour, and uh, that's when Dr. Everett Piper will be joining us after the top of the 10 o'clock hour. So if you want to get in, pick your spots. This is one of them, 216-901-0945 on The Answer. Okay, it's 9.55. Got time for a couple of phone calls here before the top of the hour. Don't forget, Dr. Everett Piper will be with us at about 10.10. Let's go to uh, Vince in Westlake. Hi, Vince. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Thanks again for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, Switching gears just a little bit, calling on behalf of a uh, friend and associate, uh, Ken Markovich, who is the founder of the Patriot Cause organization, putting on sponsoring a Patriot Appreciation Day for first responders at the Lorraine County Veterans Home out on uh, 83 and Lake Avenue, I believe, right in your backyard. Uh, Mayor Zilka would be speaking along with a number of other firefighters and police officers and uh, soldiers. And uh, a good afternoon there to celebrate the 
our, all of our patriots of the day, especially with that day coming up upon us, the anniversary of 9-11. Absolutely. So uh, I left some information with your producer, Jonathan, and uh, if you get a hold of me, that might want to have Ken on and talk with him directly about more information on it. But it's a great cause, a lot of entertainment, food, and uh, a lot of dignitary speaking. So just want to get that information out to you. I appreciate it, Vince. Thanks very much. And we will indeed uh, get that information and perhaps talk to Ken to uh, to get uh, you know a lot of support for that and promotion for that. There's gonna, and thank you, Vince, for the call. There's going to be a lot of great um, events commemorating. It's going to be tough for me, I will be honest with you. Uh, th- this, If you've listened to me on the air for the last 20 years, and I've been here for on this show for the last seven and about another nine before that in Cleveland, I, every year on 9-11 I do something special. Uh, on the air. Um, it's something that struck me. It changed my life, quite frankly. It changed my life. 9-11-2001 changed my life, and I do something special each and every year. This year, obviously, it falls on a Saturday. This year it is huge because it is the uh, the 20th anniversary, uh, the 20th commemoration, if you will, of the attacks, and obviously I won't be live on the air. And to top that off, I won't be participating in any of those memorial events because I am going to be in uh, State College, PA. My son's college football team is at Penn State that day, so I'm going to be among a crowd of about 107,000 there at State College ready for that. But um, I will endeavor the week of 9-11, the week you know, before the Saturday commemoration of 9-11, uh, be bringing a lot of things to you. We'll be interviewing people. We'll be promoting events uh, and so forth um, because the, it changed this country. It changed the world. And as I said, it changed my life. It changed my career. 9-11 changed my career. I mean that very literally. And again, if you've been listening to me for a long time, you know what I mean by that. But there will be a lot coming up that week, I promise. Uh, Mark in Fairview. Uh, hey, Mark, you're on the air. Go ahead. Bob, I uh, wanted to tell you that they, I was watching the TV today, and they had this Laura Logan on, and she was she was talking about how they were displaying the gay pride uh, flag or whatever, uh, the Rainbow Coalition flag in uh, Af- in uh, Af- Afghanistan. And uh, what I wanted to say is, and I want everybody who's listening to pay strict attention to this, because this State Department, our State Department, is an organization. It's supposed to have. Uh, it's supposed to have the ability to manage our our, uh, our state, our state of affairs worldwide. You have people who display the rainbow flag at the embassy in a Muslim country. This uh, is totally totally ridiculous. It should tell you how removed the State Department is, and how how removed from common sense, and uh, how how interested in this wokeness they are. The State Department—it's—it's it's absolutely shocking. But you—you'd think they'd have a little common sense. But in this administration, as you displayed before, all these individuals you're talking to now arguing with each other—they don't know the left hand from the right. And I think this is what's being displayed within this whole whole uh, administration. Well, and that's all uh, I had to say. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the call. Um, I'll just say this. I didn't see that part of Laura Logan. I did see Laura Logan in a conversation last night with Tucker, which was very good and very informative about what's really going on in Afghanistan and Pakistan, uh, how Pakistan is truly the base of operations for the Taliban, even though they are now overrunning Afghanistan. It was really great and informative stuff. I did not hear anything about the rainbow flag being anywhere near the uh, the American embassy. I do know that in American embassies all over the world, uh, back uh, in, I guess it was February, was it February? They displayed the Black Lives Matter flag, which was another 
you know, just attempt at worldwide wokeness, uh, and, and in my opinion, a sign of division and a sign of weakness for the United States. And I know that during Pride Month in June that there were displays of the rainbow flag for that. But I did not know that was happening in Afghanistan at the embassy right now, and here's my response to it. If it is, if they're displaying a rainbow flag on the U.S. embassy in Afghanistan as the Taliban takes over, they are condemning anyone inside that embassy to death. You understand that? Do you know what homosexuality is in the Muslim culture, in the Muslim faith? They execute people for being accused of being gay in strict Muslim nations. They execute you on the accusation, much less the actual proof. Um, So if they are hanging that rainbow flag, they are condemning Americans to being attacked. Make no mistake about it, because it will enrage the fundamentalist jihadists and and, uh, uh, Islamists that are part of the Taliban. And that's all I'll say about that for right now. 1001, we'll get to the news now. We'll talk to Dr. Piper next on AM 1420 The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.